Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Thursday, May 25th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Brett, welcome back. You've been on parental leave. Uh, I don't know if you heard um, last week's um, podcast, but Hannah was uh, alarmed to find out she was out of a job because you were back. She she sounded quite offended. (laughs) I was like, you knew this was coming, but we're really glad to have you back. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I told you earlier, um, we've we've gotten the best sleep we've gotten in the past couple days, and I'm assuming that'll never change, right? There'll be no regressions. You're set. It's only better sleep It's only forward from here. It's only forward. Yeah. but no, it's just, it's lovely to be back and Sunday seeing people that I've missed and getting to call people on the, it's just, it's just been lovely. How yeah. about you? How are you? I'm doing really well. I have the um, opposite end of your experience, meaning that you've got this new life in your house and I'm getting ready to mm-hmm. send off my oldest to college. Um, and this whole week, there's like, there's like a senior slideshow and picnic last night and tomorrow there's something else. And then next two nights after that, before graduation and, um, I'm doing fine. It just occurs to me that in August I will take her to Tuscaloosa and leave her. Yeah. Like leave her. Yeah. Like, can you imagine leaving Evie anywhere? It's not different when they're 18. (laughs) It's still, it's just like the fact that I won't see her every day is really, it's tearing me up a little bit. Yeah. I was going to say, are you dehydrated from the lack of from the from the loss of water? <laughs> no, I haven't had a big boohoo yet, so I'm really glad for that. But I last night at the end of the senior slideshow, I was like, I am holding it together with like scotch tape and twine <laughs> yeah. at this point. So, um, where have you seen the Holy Spirit at work? Um, I mean, every morning when I get to see the baby's face uh, mm-hmm. is, is definitely a, a glimpse of of God of, of understanding love in a new way and um understanding i think god's love in a a more profound way and uh developing empathy for you know all parents that i thought were obnoxious about their kids before and now i'm obnoxious about my kid and so you know the spirit's growing me in that regard parenting (laughs) is one long eating of your words (laughs) everything you said you wouldn't do you're going to eat those words uh but on, on, a, on another note, um, uh, our pair associate Jim Roberts uh, is 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 fighting cancer, and I was on the phone with him the other day, and um, I know you know this, Tara, but anyone who knows him who's listening knows this. But anytime you talk to Jim, no matter what, uh, you know God better, um, and that was very true on my pastoral care call for him. I was scared for, and, and the spirit just flows out of that man. Yeah, yeah you call Jim because you think he has this, you know, terrible cancer diagnosis, and you leave the phone feeling better. Yeah. Um, I've seen the spirit in, um, you know, when my family and I moved here five and a half years ago, and I wasn't worried about if I could do the job. I was worried about what the transition would be like for my family. Mm-hmm. And so to have this church community that is celebrating 
Hannon going off into the world and graduating high school has been a holy moment for me because not only are they okay, but they're really deeply loved. Yeah. And that's a humbling, beautiful thing to me. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are loved. Mm. Well, let me pray for us and then we'll get into our scripture. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that your spirit moves and works in ways that we see and ways that we do not see. But we pray for eyes to be aware, to be on the lookout for where you are in the world, in our own lives, and our own stories, as well as the lives and stories of others. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. We're going to read a passage from the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, verses 1 through 14. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we've died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Tara, in this uh, scripture, it talks about being baptized into death and being dead to sin. What is that relationship of sin and death and baptism that, that Paul is trying to tell us? It sounds terrible. It does sound terrible. That's what I'm going to tell you. Um, So Paul believes that at our baptism, we are called into the same work that Jesus Christ does, did, and continues to do, that we are called to do the things Christ did. And Jesus was baptized and began his ministry of loving and caring and, you know, showing the word of God to other people and healing. And then he was crucified But he wasn't crucified for his own sin. He was crucified for humanity's sin, for all of our sin, and then, of course, was resurrected. So Paul believes that when we are baptized, we have to die to sin, um, much like or echoing what Jesus did, and we should die to our own sin. We should really turn from it. Our baptismal vows say it the the best, trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? So his thinking is not that we're all going to be struck perfect and there will be no more sin in the world, although that's what's happened with me, Brett. (laughs) 
kidding. Kidding, kidding. Um, but rather that there is sin in our lives, particularly as it begins in our heart and minds, that we have we have a measure of control and the ability to use our will from. And that we have, when we were baptized, we made the agreement that we weren't going to do that, that we were going to be dead to sin. And so he's reminding the churches in Rome that this is who they are. You know, no longer do you get to just sin and think that, you know, you have made a promise, essentially. Mm -hmm. What do you think about being dead to sin? Yeah, I I think it would be helpful uh, for me, you know, I I was thinking about this and to just kind of lay out what uh, sin is. And I read a really lovely quote from uh, Beverly Gaventa. Well, I actually don't know who that is. It was someone else. She's amazing. You know who she is? Uh-huh. Who, who She's is a she? biblical scholar. Okay. Well, she uh, had this wonderful quote about sin that it's not a transgression, not necessarily a human disposition or a flaw in human nature, but an uppercase P power that enslaves humankind and stands against God. And so... If we imagine sin as this power in our lives and in the world that has uh, enslaved us and ripped us from the presence of God and the will of God, uh, then the death of that becomes something incredibly freeing. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that Jesus has died into that and has called us to die into that as well to let go of those bonds and those chains of that of that again that power that that causes us to push others away to to reject the goodness of god uh that we have in fact been liberated from from that in death uh and the journey to be free from that is not a pleasant one you know it, it is through the gates of hell uh, mm-hmm. that, that that we that we end up in this uh the second half of being risen to life in mm-hmm. christ right um and so acknowledging the that power and that sin in our lives uh that that it does not hold us that we are not confined to it um we've joked about um the Enneagram, you and I, and, and, you know, you mean that Christian astrology, the thing? Christian astrology thing. <laughs> and, and one of the, the jokes and criticisms is, you know, people will, uh, point out a flaw they have and just be like, Oh, well, you know, it's because I'm a three, mm-hmm. uh, like there's nothing they can do about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is saying no longer, uh, can you, can you say that? Can you do that? Oh, you know, I'm I'm cruel to this person, but you know, it's just it's who I am. I'm sinful. It's, right. it's no, that power doesn't hold you. That is not the Lord of your life. The Lord of your life is Jesus Christ, which is love and redemption and grace and power, and that is greater uh, than than this other thing. Uh, and so, um, and then there's this tension, as as you talked about earlier, of of what has happened and what has yet to happen and paul's constantly you know talking about these two things of eschatology of of this moment of history that's happened that we have uh died in this sin but we have not reached this other side yet uh that we are in the the process of being we've been made new and we are being made new um uh, and so we're living into that and, and figuring out every day what does that mean in my life to be a new creation in christ yeah i think there is an element to where we have been freed from sin. However, sin does still have power in our lives mm-hmm. in some way. Because we 
we have been freed from sin. It's the already but not yet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We've mm-hmm. been freed from sin. There will come a day when we are, you know, freed in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's hard for me sometimes is that I think I've been stuck in sinful cycles before where I wanted to stop doing something and I just didn't know how or I kept repeating it. Um and I want to acknowledge that that's a part of life. But mm-hmm. I think what Paul is talking about here is that as much as you are able, over and over again, you've agreed to turn from sin. And so that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And we know that, the, I don't know, I guess I love Beverly Gavinton. I love what she said. There's still some power in the world mm-hmm. that sin has, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's saying that power is extinguished. I think it's that we aren't chained to it. Um, yeah. I, I, I think... And I and I it's you know uh, there are there is sin in our life that we overcome because of Christ mm-hmm. um, that I think without Christ we cannot mm-hmm. um, and so uh, yeah I, I absolutely agree with you that that sin still holds tremendous power uh, in this world we see it when we turn on the news and the heartbreaking stories and the and the cancers and the lives of the people that we see. Uh, but that we don't believe that that is the end of the story. We believe that God can uh, still work in the midst of that and, and free us from that. That there is, um, yeah, it's, it's a matter of freedom uh, in the midst of that of that war or that uh, pain. Um, yeah, yeah. Happens. What do you think this looks like in our day to day lives? Uh, I think it's. Um, in our day-to-day lives that this is a something that needs to be a daily reminder um you know we've talked about i i believe it was in your sermon on this if, if you talked about where was it i don't know we talk a lot so i don't know, I know right? sometimes no I big deal. Where, you, where you say these things but uh that we come and sometimes we know exactly what we are going to confess and mm. sometimes we have to really uh, reflect on, on what it is in our in our life that, that needs to be confessed and every day we must I think confront the reality uh, that sin has existed uh, and we must enter into that death uh, of that sin so we can experience new life I, you know I've I have friends and um, I've seen it on a couple shows that I of people that have religious backgrounds and they're like, Oh, you know, it's really convenient for a church that talks about, you know, how you're flawed. So then, you know, they can be the ones that build you up kind of thing. Uh, and, and I understand the tongue in cheek of it. And, and some churches have kind of taken that posture in order to, to accumulate power. Uh, but I do take issue with it also because, um, it helps us explain the world uh, that when we look around and we see pain and suffering that, yeah, sin is existing in this world, uh, but it also gives us a way to live into the world uh, in the midst of that pain and suffering and knowing that Christ has died in that, but also the most important second part that Christ has risen and that, that Christ has resurrected in that. So it's a both end of acknowledging the difficulty and the pain and hurt in this life, but then also um, knowing that that's not the end of the story and it's not the end of my story, it's not the end of your story, uh, but it is a continual redeeming and new life that we're living. Um, and it also helps change our perspective on death, right? Um, yeah. Uh, it's, I jokingly, but not jokingly, the first walk I went on with, with Evelyn and 
alley, we went to the cemetery, which is because it's beautiful here in Huntsville. But also, and I've jokingly told people, I'm like, yeah, I had to go have a, have a talk with Evie about death. <laughs> um, uh, and I said it tongue in cheek, but it's also very true of like, sometimes we don't talk about this thing because it is scary. Mm-hmm. Um but it's also not the end of the story. And there's also life that comes out of that. Uh, and there's joys that come, can come out of that paradoxically that don't make sense in our lives uh, so that we can approach things in our lives, whether it's the death of a, um, of a program or a relationship, uh, death of a friend or family member, uh, that in the midst of that grief and pain and hurt, uh, that new life can sprout. Yeah, we of all people should be the ones to remember that death doesn't have the last word, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's really at the heart of what we believe mm-hmm. and who we are. Um, and so I, I think bringing that into the thousand deaths that we experience in our life, you know, I often wonder if we were better at accepting those, if maybe we'll be better at accepting the final one too. Who mm-hmm. knows? But yeah, I think day to day, this passage really reminds me that I have made a commitment to move in a way that seems to be counter to much of the world Mm. for good, bad, well, for, for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll end with a quote um, by the late Timothy Keller, who has written, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. There's a lovely quote from someone who just passed, passed away. And passed mm-hmm. away. Friends, thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again next week. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen. Amen.